Dogs, swab the decks and hoist the sails. The guns on board be neat in some proper manner. Pieces of eight and a fine wench on your arm. If you work, be not too shoddy. Careful not to flounder too badly, though, or you may have to dance the hempen jig. As we see you to Davy Jones, the Jeffy, my boy. On with the show. Well, shiver me timbers. To our listeners from across all regions of the planet, welcome once again aboard the Robin Hood, flagship to the world's one and only cooperatively inspired charity podcast network, WPRPN. Broadcasting to the stars and beyond, from out of the sweltering midsummer heat, smothering the Korean Peninsula. You're listening to episode 117 of Pirate Radio Podcasts. I'm your host, as always, the ship's chief communications officer, Jaffe Ryder. Wow, hard to believe it's been nearly two years since our next guest dropped by for a visit to the crew and ship we've christened the Robin Hood. Among his list of resume, accolades, and credentials, Angel the Jackal Espino serves as host of Inside the Jackal's Head, is a member and producer of both Skywatchers Radio and the Roundtable Show, and is the owner of the PSN Radio Broadcasting Network. It's been a while since we last broke bread, so you can bet we'll have a lot of catching up to do. Among the likely topics we'll discuss, in what promises to be yet another fast-paced, jam-packed, approximately 90-minute exchange of cutting-edge ideas and information, pretty much all things ufology, art bell, hip-hop, pop culture, and, of course, pirate podcasting. Yeah, it is hard to believe it's been nearly two years since we last managed to catch up with one another. Uh, so we certainly have a lot of ground to cover. Thanks for dropping by, everybody. Taking a little time out of your day to join us here in the live stream over YouTube. Of course, I'm your host, as always, the ship's chief communications officer, Jaffe Ryder. And alongside us here in the shotgun seat... Actually, making his way up there to the crow's nest from the looks of things here this week is Drew Lima. How's it going there, Drew? You managed to find your way to the top of the mast yet? Yes, I did. Ahoy, you mateys. Quite a rocky start there, uh, getting things launched right from the get-go, but it looks like we do have an internet connection now, so that's a good thing. And uh, I think hopefully managed to hold things together here and put together a pretty decent show this week. And Angel, too, uh, hopefully he hasn't dropped out. Still with us there, Angel. Aye, matey. I am here ready to talk. You sort know, of. Yeah, I guess you're saying you got a bit of a, a thyroid issue you're having to contend with there. I'm not sure what the status of that is, how much you want to get into it or not, but feel free. Just let's hear it. Where do you stand on the whole business? 
Well, it's getting a little bit better, but uh, it was uh, pretty bad for a while. It flared up about, I would say, about six months ago, and uh, I had to kind of quit doing radio. I've actually been off radio for a while until recently where I've done a couple podcasts here and there. It's just something I'm dealing with, and uh, if I sound a little bit different than I did the first time I was on the uh, ship here with you guys, it is for health reasons. Uh, I haven't, like, turned to meth. I'm not depressed. I haven't, like, gone out on the plank and just said, I'm ending it all, mateys. No, 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 I'm cool. I'm just going to do a little bit of a health crisis, but I, I'm on the mends, my friend. That's oh, great. You're managing to hold it together. So, uh, yeah, you've been, in my thoughts, the last number of months, for sure, when you first told me that you are having to deal with the thyroid issue. So, But before we really dive into things here, and uh, we've only got... The 90-minute time frame, of course, too, and as you're, I'm sure, well aware, flies by in a heartbeat. Yeah, goes by so quick. Yeah. Shows. Hoping I myself actually just in listening to the product that we put together, conversation we had. October 2016 was when it was. I'm not sure if you remember that exact date, but I think I've really improved my. Up my game a little, shall we say, since that time. So, fingers crossed, yeah, you'll have a little more of a, I guess, a confident and uh, articulate host than last time around. But before we, once again, get into things in a major way here, let's just turn our sights and attention back to Drew, who, I guess you're going to be up in the crow's nest there, keeping an eye on the youtube chat it looks like eight people already with us there drew that's uh we're off to a pretty decent start wouldn't you say yeah decent crowd for the night and i will be manning the crow's nest keeping my eye out for that leviathan that seems to be troubling the waters on this lovely day drew actually spearheads a project that goes by the name of sons and daughters of liberty i'm not sure if you've heard of him or not Angel. He's also over very active on minds, as mm-hmm. are most of the people that do engage us, our listeners, people that support the show and so forth. For some reason, there's very few people that are Facebook only. A lot of us, you know, have both, of course, and but we are quite active over on that the minds.com platform, of which you yourself, I guess, I actually saw that you posted just recently a link to the show that we've just launched here this week so that's great but you really haven't been by there for the past little while yeah the thing is it's tough to keep up with all these stuff in the social network platforms like twitter facebook minds uh there's just so many of them you know to uh be able to keep up it's kind of hard especially when you have to continuously you know produce radio shows or work and have a regular you know job i haven't had really a whole lot of time to devote to the uh, minds network but it is a great website i ain't gonna lie yeah, they got a lot to offer for sure. Yep. And you'll notice, hopefully, if you spend a little time navigating your way around there, that things have definitely changed a little bit since the last time yep. you were uh, posting back once again, almost around the same time we did the last show, October mm-hmm. of 2016 or so. You managed to get the One Minds token, I think we sent you the other day as well, too, did you not? Yes, thank you so much for that. Finally, I get a token. Do you know that you can actually, I'm not sure how much you're into the cryptocurrency and the like, that's strictly in-house, uh, but they also have an on-chain project mm-hmm. that they're working on launching. I don't think that's in place 
at this particular point. It will be quite shortly here, though, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed once again. So have you been following crypto and, and as blockchain technology in any big way? Not really, to be honest. It's kind of like the whole Bitcoin, you know, the whole phenomenon has just like gone over my head. Oh, yeah. No, I get it. Totally. I mean, uh, I, I, I totally understand. So unless you're a major techno geek, of which clearly it sounds like you're not, other than the sort of guy who I think likes to buy gadgets, you know, that sort of thing. Well, Maybe the latest iPhone um, or whatever. I would put it this way. I'm, I'm more like the Bruce Wayne than I am Morgan Freeman's character, uh, Lucius Fox, that creates the gadgets. I like playing with the toys. I don't like so much uh, knowing about how it's made or, you know, uh, what's the hottest thing. You just give me something that's uh, really hot and I'll run with it. You know, that's uh, kind of like the way I am. But no, there, I am kind of a techno geek, but, the, you know, the whole BitLoy thing just, or, uh, you know, the cryptocurrency phenomenon has, it's one of those things where I haven't really had that whole lot of time to devote to it. Just, it, it's personal reasons. So much in this world to go out and uh, devote your time to and get distracted with. And, you know, you have only so little of, of time and space to dedicate to these things. So you kind of really, how do you spend, you know, a few hours learning about these different cryptocurrencies and whatnot and what things mean and you know, what this does. And then you still have to keep up with all the other uh, projects you're working on. I'm also working on a film that I'm writing, which I've been writing for the last uh, six months. And uh, that's something that's kind of distracting. So many other things that it's just been one of those things that I haven't really like, devoted time to. But I, I'm kind of a techno geek. Don't be fooled. If I devote a little time to it, I'm pretty sure I can pick it up. I think, yeah, really what you're talking about here is how we spread ourselves out too thin. I know that I've reached my breaking point, basically, where I've had, I can't do it anymore either. You've got, you know, Twitter, YouTube, uh, what the hell? Mines, Facebook, of course, and so on and yep. so forth. And now we got Tommy Shutter out there, aka Tom Schaefer, aka mm. the Free Cosmos. What he's doing because he's been helping out with our web tech end of things. People, that, if you do drop by wprpn.com, will notice a bit of a different look. And so we're working on getting that further on down the road as far as development is concerned he's kind of got plugged in it seems like everywhere and he, you know wanting me and i guess others to sign up on all these other platforms as well too and you can only do so much of course and uh it just gets to the point where you have to start saying i can't take it anymore but before we uh get too bogged down or sidetracked with maybe what some might regard as trivia, I suppose. Why don't we back things up a little bit here? And for listeners that have not yet heard the story of who Angel Espino is, where you've come from, of course, your your roots and so forth, which I'm well aware of, even how the two of us met, frankly, why don't you lay that out for our listening audience, uh, including, if you want, the network that you run over there, courtesy of PSN Radio. PSN-radio.com. That's where all the magic happens. At least that's what I like to tell folks. It doesn't always uh, work out that way, but it's a little radio network I've been running now since, oh, I'd say 2010, around there, roughly. 
I've uh, hosted several shows on there. I've produced a lot of shows on there. We had uh, Nancy and Bill Burns for a long time uh, doing their show, Future Theater, on there. Right now, uh, I've taken, like I said, a little bit of a kind of a, a break during this whole thing with my thyroid. But um, as I am bringing back in January, the uh, Jackal said, which is my main stable. That's my main show. I've been doing that show since 2008. Time flies, doesn't it? It's incredible. And uh, I started that show back then. I started Skywatchers Radio, which I produced, uh, the Roundtable uh, show, which I produced on Sunday nights. And uh, Skywatchers is on Tuesday nights, by the way. We love it. The network has been around for a while. It's uh, it's growing now. We're starting to hit YouTube and doing a lot of video stuff with some of the hosts that are running their shows on the uh, network. And it, it's it's just all fun, you know. We do it as a hobby, as a lot of us uh, do it on the Internet. And, you know, you can't really take a lot of this stuff and uh, pretend it's going to be, you know, monetary right away and you're going to make a whole lot of cash on it. But we try to, you know, make it as much fun as possible and, Everybody contributes as much as they can. Uh, again, daily lives, uh, daily routines, daily expenses. You know, we've all come together as a community on that network. And uh, so far, so good. You know, we've kind of uh, lasted for, well, since 2010. But we're doing good. And as far as uh, how me and Jaffe met, I'd like to let Jaffe uh, see that. I'm to take a little swig of water here and uh, clear my throat. Jaffe, go for it. <laughs> all right. So, with the first show that we did and have archived now, back in October of 2016, people can find it there in the Potomatic archives. As regular listeners are well aware, an outfit platform that we no longer are engaging for a number of reasons, which they can find via the last show that we uploaded over there talking about outlining our reasons for leaving and heading over to archive.org. But yeah, going back to the show in 2016, October, I think it had something to do with us first crossing paths, maybe during the whole Radio Wars debacle that took place over the course of at least a month or so, maybe a couple of months, where Leo Ashcraft and um, Keith... Roland really seemed to be crossing swords in a big right. way. Art Bell, it seemed like he didn't want any part in things. You know, he just thought it was best to keep out of the fray, I guess. But uh, I think it was around that time, and I'm not sure exactly. Well, here's what it is. I started, I know one of the things for sure is I started listening to you via Future Theater Radio. You were writing right. down the co-host position there with uh, Bill and Nancy Burns. And I first tuned into their show because of Bill's work via UFO Hunters. I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. And Correct. Uh, it's, yep. a, it's a small world, really. You know, there's like it seems like the podcasting people out here, it's not too many degrees of separation, frankly. And you start bumping up against the same people that you've just talked to not so long before uh you know you first had your most recent conversation or you know heard the latest gossip perhaps or rumors or whatever so um yeah it's a small world definitely can you maybe clarify any better than <laughs> my lousy attempt you hit right on the head it was around that time period and uh you know since then of course we've lost the uh, legendary iconic art bell he's passed away you know it's a tragedy no matter what way you look at it the way you know it left us 
And I think back how lucky we were on Skywatchers Radio. We we followed great shows on that network, but the, the number one thing that sticks out for me, and I'll take to my grave, is that for at least six months, we were our Bell's lead-in show. And, uh, you know, our show came out before his show, Tuesday nights, and, of course, Gigi Theaters on Monday nights. Then he followed us uh, right after our show, and uh, we did that, you know, the entirety that he was on the air uh, on Dark Matter Radio Network. And uh, that's, you know, thanks to Keith Roman. I mean, I got to give a shout out to that man. What he was able to do over there and continue after, you know, Art's passing is just phenomenal work. And, uh, you know, he deserves the credit for putting that together. And uh, Art Bellman, I miss the hell out of him. I really do. I really, really do. Dave uh, Schrader is the uh, new host over there on, on uh, Midnight in the Desert. And he's doing a fantastic job holding it down. But there'll never be another Art Bell. You know, that's... Uh, yeah, the guy we all like to, you know, we, we all uh, emulate. We all wanted to be like Art Bell, the talented coast-to-coast AM, when I was a kid, at least, you know, during the 90s. And, and I say kid, but I was in, you know, my mid-teens, early, you know, 20s, uh, during the, the time that I was really, uh, really hitting big. And I remember just, uh, you know, sitting back and listening to all the uh, crazy voices that would come out on his show. You know, the uh, Richard Hoaglands and the Sean Mortons and all these, you know, folks that would have these outlandish stories and these crazy, you know, things that happened supposedly in their lives and stuff that they're working on and investigating. And, uh, it's always, you know, it was always a fun ride listening to Art Bell. And, uh, I, there's going to be a lot that emulate him, myself. Others included, a lot that you know, take little bits and pieces from who he was as a voice on the radio. Um, you know, even of course, you know, you have Coast to Coast is still going on with uh, the uh, the amount of time they've been on the air w- with all the hosts they have supplementary to their main staff, which I don't want to name, but they've been able to continue forward. It's just not the same. When Art leaves, you, you really, really do feel it. And when he left us, I, you know, I certainly felt it. I had been off radio for a little bit now when he passed. And uh, but when he died, I didn't think I was going to come back to radio, to be honest, Jeff. Yeah, I thought that, you know, when his passing, I thought maybe I should just give up radio myself. Because I was like, you know what? That's such an icon that I looked up to as a amateur radio wannabe host growing up that now has passed away and it made me just feel old just uh it brought my my own mortality into play and then my health started kind of giving out a little bit you know it brings a lot of things to the forefront and into perspective you know my uh, condolences to our family obviously who we you know we could have piano lovely wife and kids and just recently had a son too which is really sad william bell and uh to know that he just recently had a son you know that that kills me uh but other than uh other than that, uh, again, you know, big shout out to and a lot of love to Keith Rowland and the entire Dark Matter Radio Network. But you're absolutely right. We met around that time period when we were doing a lot of uh, work with uh, Future Theater, and that's uh, another show I miss. A lot of love to Bill and Nancy Burns. Oh yeah, yeah. that was hugely uh, influential in helping to inform myself and i'm sure many others of course too that's the whole point of why people do these sort of things is to share information whether it's misinformation or disinformation or actually you know the real kind of deal that's all debatable of course and you know hashtag fact check the whole recent uh (laughs) talk of course regarding (laughs) fake news you know and there there are some people out there that intentionally go out of their way to mislead others in a really sneaky 
kind of underhanded way. But then there's others, of course, many of us who just sometimes repeat things and stating in a definitive manner that we really don't know what the hell we're talking about, you know, so we got to be careful. Right. And that's where the misinformation comes in versus the disinformation, which is the intentional deception. Hashtag fact check. That's really all I can say, though, from the standpoint of an independent journalist's point of view. But yes, Art Bell, myself very much like you, going back mostly, I suppose, about the mid-90s, I remember back in Canada, many a wintry night, tuning into the show, and uh, just doing everything I could to pick up every last scrap of information or story or report or update that came to me via the web, typically quite isolated up there in the north-central part of British Columbia, uh, whose, I think, internet connection, even to this day, is very bush league, to say the least. So they would uh, never... Well, actually, no, this came this came via, let's see, the web, but also I think they might have picked it up, the show, Coast to Coast, 12 o'clock, midnight. When did things kick off in the Western time zone with Coast to Coast back in the mid-90s? About 11 o'clock? It was always meant to be that midnight show, so oh, yeah, I'm not really sure. sure how they worked out. I'm, I know here on the East Coast, I'm in uh, Florida, as uh, many of you know, and uh, at least out here, it would start off at midnight. That's uh, when it would kick off. I don't know how the time zones would uh, make a difference. Uh, when it would start over there, they would get a delayed show. Or if it would be Art was such a professional that I wouldn't put it past Art. Uh, maybe start a couple hours earlier and do like a whole midnight show later on on different time zones and do six hours of radio instead of three or whatever the uh, schedule was and do that you know, once in a while. He lived for radio. Uh, he most certainly did. And it's quite interesting, too, now looking back to the way that he finally ended his career, essentially, with that whole, well, I'm not sure what you would call it exactly. It was really quite bizarre, of course, the incident where he claimed that he was being shot at and uh, felt in fear for his, not only his life, but his family's well-being and, and safety as well, too, of course. I don't think anyone ever really managed to get to the bottom of that and get a clear sense of whether it was Art going out on a bit of a ledge and exaggerating things, perhaps. Uh, I would hate to think he was totally fabricating the whole story, but there's some people that do believe that. At the same time, he may have legitimately found himself being targeted for one reason or another. What are your thoughts on the matter? You know, at first I didn't think that he was lying. I thought he really was being targeted. You know, as time passes, I look at, you know, the situation, the way it all went down and kind of changed my mind a little bit on the entire situation until he's passed away. And it wasn't that long after that incident. What I think, you know, ended up finally happening was I think Art found out that he wasn't that healthy and he didn't have that long to uh, be with us. And it scared him because he had a little girl, he had a wife. And I think he wanted to spend whatever time he had left with them. And he might have gotten a threat that might have, you know, happened. I mean, I've gotten threats on the Internet that you wouldn't believe over the years. Uh, so that doesn't shock me. Somebody made a threat at him or something. But, you know, also look at the fact that he stayed on as kind of a mentor for the uh, person who took over for him for a little bit. Uh, Heather Wade, I believe, that who took over again right away. And that uh, she was there, you know, for... The entire time that uh, he was uh, alive until he passed, 
So when you look at that and you put that into perspective, then he passes kind of like in a mysterious, sudden way. I think it was mostly him just, uh, you know, scared that he wasn't going to end up having enough time to kind of leave an impression on his daughter and um, maybe the rest of his kids and his family. So I think he wanted maybe to spend that time with them. And that's something that he didn't come out with, uh, you know, for his own personal reasons, which I am completely, you know, accepting to. I mean, that's completely understandable. And um, I don't hold it against him or anything like that. But I think that really is the excuse why he did what he did and why he kind of, you know, went and separated himself from the show. The show continued, and he continued to be behind-the-scenes mentor to Heather Wade. So it wasn't something that it was so bad that he completely left the spectrum, you know, just disappeared or anything like that. So, you know, that's my thoughts on it right now. I don't want to get too conspiratorial or deep into it, but that's pretty much where I'm at right now with it. Uh, but again, it doesn't really matter. You know, the fact is that he's gone and we've uh, lost a great one. Indeed. We're going to give you just a moment or two to maybe grab another drink of water there, take a bit of a break, and turn our sights up to the crow's mm-hmm. nest here to see if we can connect with our co-host. He's a Bit of a newbie to the position, actually. But Sons and Daughters of Liberty, great little project there. These got on the go. Of course, we are speaking here, episode 117, with PSN Radio uh, CEO and founder Angel Espino, someone who wears a number of other... Different badges. Badges or podcasting <laughs> but like, uh, roles. You can just call me Angel or Jackal, or you have to like you know use the full name all the entire time. The Jackal as well too. That uh, that whole handle. We'll get into that in a second. Here we covered that in the first show, but for yep. people that haven't had a chance to listen to what we archived a couple of years ago, it will be interesting just to revisit that in brief. But before we do that, Drew, how are things looking there from your vantage point, and what do you can see out across not only the horizon of the high digital seas, but uh, here as well as we managed to reach that magical 10 people altogether, looks like now joining us here as we stream out live number, so that's really great. Uh, what are your thoughts there, or what can you see once again, just as far as developments in the YouTube chat and, and beyond? Seems to be smooth sailing, Captain. YouTube chat's been flowing pretty good. I caught the earlier episode he was on, and I caught the thing about the jackal. But I was catching some of the imageries in the slideshow, and I seen the uh, dog with the uh, pharaohs. Can't remember what they actually call that, but the headdress of the pharaoh. And I was wondering if it went even deeper into some of the Egyptian stuff on that. Funny you mentioned that. That actually was done up by a gentleman by the name of Dennis Reno. Uh, big shout-outs to Dennis Reno. He's huge in the world of ufology. And uh, what he does, he's the uh, UFO uh, artist. He, he draws different ufologists. He's done all the big names you can think of. And um, he's actually pretty well-known. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. And I've been really lucky. Uh, you know, we struck up a friendship a few years ago. And I think I'm one of like the few uh, folks that he's actually done more than once on his portfolio. I think he's done me like three or four times for whatever reason. My goofy expression on my face makes him want to draw me. I don't know. Uh, but he said he sent out a couple of uh, different 
versions of uh, what I look like in his uh, cartoon world uh, over the years, and I've collected them. He's uh, given me uh, the authority to use them as uh, promo, and he's uh, an amazing human being, great, great artist. Uh, not just because he drew me and sent me that stuff, but uh, you know, I've commissioned him from other, for the work, and he is an artist he commissioned for work, by the way, folks. So look up Dennis Reno cartoon UFO, and you'll find him, I'm sure. And uh, just a fantastic guy. But I am fascinated by Egypt. I'm not going to lie, but that's not the reason why I'm called the Jackal. And I do want your listeners to go back to the archive and listen to the full reason. Uh, but it has to do with more not only my Egyptian, you know, interests. Uh, but it has actually to do with uh, something that happened in the 90s, which uh, had to do with a friend of mine who passed away uh, from brain cancer. And uh, a book I was reading at the time about Carlos the Jackal, the terrorist. And there was a movie coming out with Bruce Willis at that time called The Jackal. And my friend, when he was passing away, kind of pressed me, The Jackal, and it kind of just stuck. And till today, I'm called that as a nickname whenever I do anything in the entertainment industry. And funny enough, Dennis Reno like, picked up on that. And when he was doing his architecture of me, he decided to uh, include some, um, I-, I guess, Egyptian stuff into it. You know, he asked uh, how deep I wanted to get into uh, anything uh, dealing with my friend or whatever in, in the drawings. And I said, no, no, no. If you want to do anything that has to do with uh, the name, um, you know, do something Egyptian, because I'm into that also. Um, I didn't want to, like, drag that whole experience, you know, with my uh, with my friend who passed away uh, into the drawings itself. Uh, I thought that would be a little morbid. Uh, but, no, he uh, you know, added that as uh, part of my interest. But it really had to do with a friend of mine who had passed away and uh, something that had nothing to do with Egyptian culture at the time. But uh, that's the whole story in a, in a nutshell. Uh, but if you want to get, you know, I, I think we're pretty, um, we fleshed it out pretty good. Go back to the archive. You get a, a nicer storytelling of the whole thing. Anything, it's a sad story. Most certainly was quite touching. Uh, anything more, Drew, that you'd like to add to things? Nah, just listening and interacting in chat for right now, enjoying these nice calm seas while we have them. Relatively, yeah. Once again, off to that pretty uh, erratic and perplexing start. We managed to rebound quite nicely, thankfully. So one of the things that jumps out at me, though, over in the YouTube chat is how it looks like. And I did manage to kind of multitask while Angel was just unpacking a few things. That back in February of this year, it looks like South Korea introduced a bill to legalize medical marijuana which is really uh, quite something. Yes. It seems like uh, the question is being raised, and this is news to me. This is I'm someone who tries to stay on top of these things, and I heard nothing about the whole matter here until just now. Uh, I know I'd been quite active online, uh, Facebook in particular, and it got me kicked out of a few groups because I dared even broach the subject. How dare you? You know, talk about this as an expat in Korea. <laughs> these, uh, I guess, self-righteous, holier-than-thou, smug little millennials, or or what have you. Typically, is what it seems. Social justice warrior, cultural Marxists. I don't know what the deal is exactly there, but it's, keep going. I, you're doing pretty good so far. I took a lot of flack. Is really the most important point to bear in mind. And uh, I was really kind of leading the charge. Believe it or not, nobody else actually dared to stick their head above the. The parapet, I think that's the right word, uh, you know, and uh, 
throw their, I'm not sure so much as throw their hat into the ring, as uh, just engage the issue and talk about it for Christ's sake. How the hell else is something like this going to ever change unless you start to engage in a conversation? My wife has, even up till now, she's kind of laid off as of late. She's like, oh, geez, don't talk about that. You know, just stay quiet and uh, don't even bother going there, frankly. But I've, I've looked into the history, and I know, once again, as listeners, you know, it's kind of beating a bit of a dead horse here, sound at risk of sounding like too much of a broken record. The fact is, the then dictator, Pak Chung-hee, 1976, got a call from Washington, and I'm not sure who it was exactly, whether it was the president, Ford, presumably, I hope it wasn't Carter. That's another story. But anyways, you got a call from somebody in a high level of government in the U.S., and I, from the sounds of it, there was some sort of quid pro quo business deal. Fascism, at its finest, worked out in the sense of, hey, you uh, start prohibition of this evil weed and uh, really crank up the propaganda machine, and we will, in turn help to stimulate your economy via the sale of alcohol, tobacco, and pharmaceuticals. Typical kind of playbook sort of strategy and agenda, the way that they've done things here, the Kraken, as it were, the corporate, really high-powered fascist Kraken. And uh, that's what happened, and the propaganda machine once again Mm -hmm. flew into high gear. The people here heavily dumbed down, frankly, because of what they've had essentially bombarding them since 1976 via their corporately tightly controlled media outlets, television, newspapers, and so on. Even the internet now, YouTube, for crying out loud, although I must say it's not as bad as China, where I don't think you can even access YouTube or Facebook. Thank God they've at least got that here. But YouTube won't even let kids, if you're 19 or younger you've got to log in using your cell phone just to watch a documentary on the history of weed of cannabis or hemp so how do you how do you expect yeah. to learn anything if you're going to hide the truth from them so it's what i refer to as plato's ignoble lie you know i'm not sure if you're up to speed on the republic or not the book of course you probably heard about it plato's republic but oh god don't tell the children that sort of thing. But I'm not sure if you really want to comment on that. Maybe it, it actually stands to assist you with your thyroid issue. I think miso does. I just came to mind, actually, by the way. I'm not sure if you looked into that or not. Miso is one way of perhaps if you want to dose yourself medicinally or add that to your diet, that might be something you might want to take a look at. But, yeah, if you want to just briefly address that, perhaps. I have a couple other talking points here in mind. We're almost at the top of the hour. so. But, uh, yeah, have a go. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, I, for one, love weed. I'll start there. I'm not going to uh, beat around the bush. I, I do smoke pot, and I'm proud of it. I have no uh, issues admitting so. Weed is the, the most innocent drug, and we're still fighting that war here in the U.S., in its 2018, you'd figure by now, the U.S. at least would, you know, which is the almighty superpower, would be done with this subject. Unfortunately, we're still dealing with it like if it's a, a big deal. But it really isn't. You know, and it's funny that, you know, you touch upon Korea and uh, the fact that they're now, you know, they're legalizing it over there. It's amazing how far Korea has gone compared to the U.S. and compared to you know, a lot of the areas. Yeah, it's just in the works right now. I'll send you the link. It's yeah. in the works. They're working up behind the scenes. It might come out. We'll see how things go. 
weed was uh, made illegal for the complete opposite of why things should be made illegal. Anything that should be illegal, it should be because it's bad for you. It kills you. It harms you. There's so many you know, wonderful applications that could come out of hemp that it's ridiculous that it's illegal. It all stems from, you know, nylon and different industries back in the 20s and 30s and even earlier than that that wanted to outlaw this plant because it really was you know, something that could do everything that these other things could do, and it could just do it better and at a cheaper price. So they all got together and colluded, and, uh, you know, they outlawed this beautiful thing that is, by the way, properties that no other plant has on this planet. As far as people that think that there's a stigma behind it, I think that itself, it's ridiculous. I think, uh, you know, the further we grow and evolve as a species and as human beings, uh, those stigmas will just fall by the wayside. Once more and more, you know, scientific data also comes out on, on how harmless this plant is compared to a lot, of, a lot of things. Look, cigarettes kill in the millions. Drinking kills in the millions. Uh, there hasn't been millions of people that die over smoking a joint of wheat. Or eating a little cookie. Uh, right. This is another popular way of doing it, in fact. Or a brownie or whatever. Yeah. You know. I suffer from chronic back pain, actually, as did Art Bell, I mm, think. Correct. I have lobbied my doctor directly, and for the longest time, I really need to get the rag out of my ass and send an email and contact these bastards, because I'm sure they're a vested interest, but they're basically like the National Pain Institute here in South Korea, and I'd like to contact them and ask where things stand with weed, and have they been taking action, have they been pressuring, have they been lobbying, and you know, there's some pretty powerful interests here with, as was outlined earlier, the pharmaceutical racket alcohol and tobacco they are huge every store you can imagine almost alcohol and tobacco uh, with the pharmacies these drug stores which some of my students don't quite understand that uh, you know that they're called drug stores because they've been programmed to think pharmacy pharmacy because as you say with the whole stigmatization and the taboo the big thing that my wife seems <laughs> to fear so much which really it's the boogeyman you know, I ask myself, and it's quite obvious, where do these things come from? It's the ruling elite, the yeah. stupid, you know, it's the 1% that are trying to program and, you know, really drive so much uh, fear. It's it's the, you know, the fear porn have that really, what is the word now? Just with society, basically, have uh, the nation, in this case, programmed, uh, foisted, I think is the word, you know, pushed upon. Just the fear point drumming repetition is truth is what Orwell said. So, and once again, most Koreans here are utterly just so ignorant thinking, Oh God, uh, addiction. That's the big thing that they try to push addiction, addiction, but alcohol and tobacco are fine. So is coffee. So is sugar. You know, it's like, you right. have to think, well, wait a minute. There's a, there's some cognitive dissonance going on here in a big way. Uh, you know, and it's funny because sugar is a lot of folks don't know this, but. Sugar is the number one inhibitor for cancer. Sugar feeds cancer. Yeah. So literally, if you consume a lot of sugar, it helps breed cancer in your body. So while you think that oh, sugar is harmless, uh, no, that's a very dangerous uh, thing. I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine. He was like, uh, yeah, I'm having all these fruits and vegetables and I'm doing all the, the juicing and I'm trying to, you know, get into shape and, you know, get my, my health on. I'm like, well, have you, you know, read up on the fact that, for example, fruits are loaded with fructose, 
which is a sugar substitute that is used in soda and a lot of different things now. Uh, fructose is actually worse than sugar. So if you consume a lot of uh, actual raw fruits, that's almost as bad as drinking soda. And a lot of folks don't know that. But it's because fructose is no better than sugar, and sugar is no better than fructose. By the way, some of you uh, might notice that some sodas, like Pepsi or, or Mountain Dew, have you know the throwback where it says, using real sugar. And you wonder, well, what the hell have they been using? Last, you know, what does that mean? That's because they've been using fructose, and a lot of folks just don't, don't know that. But, you know, again, sugar is an inhibitor for cancer. So if you're looking at what one of the things that kills uh, millions and millions of people worldwide, cancer, you know, what's his best friend? Sugar. And, yet yeah, we cater it on everything. We, we put it on everything. Sugar is, you know, our buddy. You know, we make you know, sugar cookies. We make cakes. We pour it on all our things that, you know, that, they, that we want it to taste good. I remember, I'm going to get a little personal here. I remember just a few years ago, my mother used to load up her cereal with sugar. And my mother passed away of cancer. And I started reading about how bad sugar was. And that's when I discovered the fact that sugar actually is the number one thing that feeds cancer. So if you want to fight cancer in your body, delete the sugar and the fructose from your body. And uh, you'll see a big change and your health, and, uh, you know, you might actually be able to naturally fight cancer without having to go through the uh, process of chemotherapy and all the other, you know, nasty things that, you know, cancer patients have to uh, go through, uh, sadly enough. And um, smoking cigarettes and all that stuff, obviously, we, we've all been told the effects, and we all know the data on that stuff, but something as innocent as, as sugar and fruits, oranges and bananas, even though bananas are a great source of potassium, so keep that in mind, that they are. Banana a day might not be too bad. But again, it turns into sugar, so there. And I, look, a lot of folks say rice. Rice is pure sugar. But they drink milk, they don't understand that. But when they, you know, when they choke down milk, milk turns to sugar in your body. So you have to be really careful what you drink and what you consume when you put it in your body, no matter what part of the world you're in. Uh, because a lot of the stuff that we consume and are taught to consume as kids are really, really bad for us and are, is part of what's killing us. But yet you have this little plant. It fights cancer. It could take away, uh, multiple industries and replace them easily and make it more efficient and more reliable. But yet that's the illegal thing, that one little plant. But you have all these other things that are toxic in nature and kill us, and they're legal. There's uh, definitely a misbalance going on on this planet when it comes to the way we see things. And it's all conditioning. That's all it is. Well, yeah, and it's not so much the way we we see things so much as the way that they see things and the way they expect us to see things. A lot of people... The way they want us to see things. Right, yeah. A lot of people are waking up, though, it seems, uh, thanks to the, the Internet. As well as just, I'm not sure how else people generally get red-pilled, as it were. And I want to talk a little bit about the baking soda, but before we do that, a couple things. going to remind you that we've only got about half an hour left here for the duration of the conversation. Things really do fly by at rapid speed here when you are on the Robin Hood. As they say, time flies by when you're, when you're having fun. So uh, we hit that uh, magical uh, we'll, dirty dozen mark, the 12 people up there in the YouTube chat. Go ahead. 
Real quick, I want to say that actually make a little correction on the uh, chat there because I did say inhibit cancer, and, it, and there is two definitions for the for the word inhibit. One of the definitions is uh, make self conscious and unable to act in a relaxed and natural way, which that's what it does to cancer. It makes it self conscious of what it is, and it relaxes it, and really it makes it kind of like part of the body and, and it feeds it. So I kind of meant it in that sense. Uh, but no, they, they're right. They, you know, normally inhibit means restraint or hinder or prevent. Uh, but you know, what it does is it inhibits and it makes, uh, things like chemotherapy do absolutely nothing, but kill the good cells in the body. So absolutely. So I'm glad that you're aware of that. I try to watch my sugar intake. You know, it's something I've been aware of for a while now myself. Ice cream seems to, for whatever reason, when I overdose on it, give me the runs. I actually had to ended up in the hospital just a couple of months ago. I picked out on a bunch of ice cream, and there was some part down the stomach area that just went all wonky and was causing a lot of pain and discomfort. So uh, some instant karma, though, there for my gluttony, really. And uh, I, uh, since then, have really knocked it off and have been really wary and mindful of ice cream consumption and intake uh, i often worry about geez what is the what is that uh pancreatic cancer there's there's what i'm looking for that's a terrible cancer to get it really uh evolves quite quickly and most people don't stand a real chance of any sort to survive frankly it's pretty much a death sentence once you get that but I was not really planning on talking so much about health issues with you today, although the fact is, yeah, you showed up with this thyroid condition, so let's get it on. Why not? So, uh, but the baking, <laughs> baking soda too, people want to look into that. Apparently, it's been used by the American U.S. Army now as a kind of not so much a secret weapon so much as just a, a secret tool in the health and medical kit to help keep soldiers you know, in more optimal performing condition, I guess, uh, with their overall health and ability to function as soldiers. And don't forget, too, the the miso, as I talked about earlier, I believe there's something that I heard a while ago talking about how that is helpful with people who suffer from thyroid conditions uh, in many cases, from what I can recall. But what I was thinking of talking about now, and there's a lot of activity, of course, too, let's not forget. We, uh, up to about 12 people altogether. That's great to see, uh, engaging us here this week, including, well, let's just scroll up a little bit here. We saw East Texas UFOs, which is really great. That being James West, who also runs the Tyranny Unmasked channel. So Nathan Tafoya, Free Cosmos. Well, a lot of these kind of UFO, alien, and and ET believers, as it were, really, but things have gotten to the point now where it's kind of hard not to think that we're not alone. Speaking of what they want us to believe, I think that's really been another longstanding conspiracy, as with the the war on some drugs. Let's not forget that, folks. Uh, be careful with the programming. I think you hit on that point, or laid that out there for people earlier, Angel, the, the way that we are, of course, conditioned and programmed in so many different ways. You want to hear a mm -hmm. quick, fine example of programming and conditioning, and you guys could look this up on YouTube, and it'll blow your minds. It completely blew my mind when I saw this video. If you look up on YouTube, 
dirt cookies. Okay. Spider goats. <laughs> no, no. In Haiti, since, you know, the devastation that, that happened in Haiti over the last decade, it's not hole. easy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it is what it is. Yeah, well, yeah it, is, it is what it is. Let's keep it but real. In Haiti, since it's gone so bad, economically, you know, the way of life, it's not better in the, on, in the entire island of Haiti, but there's certain parts that's really, really terrible and really bad. They're actually feeding their young. And feeding the you know the population mm. cookies made from mm. dirt. Okay, yeah, and now when right. I say when I say it's made yeah. from dirt, they're called mud cookies, sugar dirt cookies, bum bum tears. I believe is another term for them. What they call them over there. Literally, these uh, folks are sold bags of dirt for like five dollars, and they find a way to make cookies out of them, and they feed this to their kids. And this dirt is actually cultivated from a place. Uh, where is mostly you know destruction from you know previous earthquakes and and different things and you know one of the things that the, the natives say is that you know they're filled with minerals and all kinds of different things so this is the best they can give their young because there's really no other uh, form of, of feeding themselves so they're conditioning themselves to literally uh, live off dirt and to eat dirt and their system is starting to accept it as a way of eating. If you or I went over to Haiti and started eating dirt cookies, I guarantee you it'll make us sick till we die within a couple of days because we're not conditioned for that. But here they are over there eating it like it's, uh, you know, a, a brownie. Like it's all good. Let them eat dirt. Yeah, I'm not... Horrible. Horrible. Well, it's, it is horrific, of course, what has happened there and many other places throughout the world. We ourselves, uh, knock wood, fortunate to be living in relatively developed environments where we're able to sustain ourselves. And uh, in the event where we do find ourselves, as we age in particular, suffering from various ailments and conditions, such as uh, thyroid Issues, um, chronic back pain, uh, you know, just the list is endless, of course, uh, that we're able to find, uh, you know, seek out and have medical treatment, of course, and not just the modern sense, but in hopefully in a free sense, because really that's the bottom line that we're able to choose rather than to have some imposed system such as with drugs, let's say pharmaceuticals, and not have the option of medical marijuana. That's the one thing that really gets my blood boiling, is how it's so obvious that we are, as you pointed out earlier, you you know, just you hit on this obvious point that uh, any five-year-old, I'm sure, could quite clearly see the way that we have good things that are kept under wraps and illegal, because of the threat that they pose to the, the the vested interests that have enriched themselves over the past how many every years, uh, and then we have the bad things <laughs> that are that are endlessly foisted once again on us or forced. So, and you know, there we're talking, of course, the additives and uh, the sprays and chemicals and all sorts of different right. products that it's it's bad for you man so that's one of the groups actually we have launched over on minds.com folks if you haven't checked it out do so drop by and check out our channel 
Pirate Radio Network. My personal channel is uh, Jaffe Ryder. Uh, you've got the PSN Radio channel over there as well, too. Hopefully going to see a little yes, more sir. action on that front from you over the coming weeks and months. We'll be sure mm -hmm. as well, too. If you do engage yourself over there, we will lend a hand and kind of help to show you the ropes and uh, do our best to uh, you know, kind of get you tied into the action, as it were. But, yeah, the War on Humanity group mm -hmm. is what we're talking over there, and we can easily invite you if you subscribe to us. If anyone out there who is listening to the show, make sure, if you are over on Minds.com, subscribe to us, or uh, we won't be able to, for example, invite you to groups that have been launched. And that's kind of an important way of doing things as far as networking but also sharing of information and there's all kinds of good things fringe benefits i suppose you would say when it comes to uh, just engaging others in social media and i've been around enough not in a big way of course but enough just as a spectator more or less to see that god you know even compared to steam it for crying out loud which i'm sure you've heard of i don't know if you have an account over there or not angel but no too many places bro there my nephew go. came back and he's like hey uh, uncle angel i'm gonna go in that jump on my twitch account are you on twitch by the way he doesn't speak like he has yeah. a more, more gentle voice uh but i was like no nephew i i have a twitch account but i really haven't you know paid attention to that either the thing is when a lot of these networks come up I'll take a, a gander and see what they're like for, you know, a little bit. But it all depends if it really catches my attention. And I'm not really as active as I used to be on Facebook, Twitter, even though I try to keep up a little bit. I'll tweet more than I'll Facebook these days, believe it or not. But I, I find the whole social media thing, I'm moving past it a little bit. Kind of getting tired of the social media, you know, uh, being in your face all the time, collecting all the data of your life and putting it all out there, you know, for everybody to see. And you know, as I get older, I think, and, and a lot of us feel that way as we get older, we tend to get a little bit more private about, you know, our lives and stuff. And, you know, it's weird to say that because at the same time, we need social media for a lot of our work, especially us podcasters. Without social media, how we promote ourselves, it's kind of like a razor's edge that we have to walk on. And I, I try to walk on it as much as possible and use the uh, platforms, but I don't really engage as much as I, I should or used to. Uh, now, as my health is getting a little bit better, believe it or not, you know, in the future, if I do get back to where I'm, you know, more and more engaged in doing the, the uh, podcasting and doing the shows, I will return, you know, more into the uh, whole Twitter, Facebook, maybe get more and more into Minds, you know, these other uh, platforms that are out there. It's just one of those things, again, you know, with life, you kind of sometimes have to look at certain things and be like, okay, that could hold off for now. That's not as important as all these other things that are I'm dealing with at this uh, very moment in time. And social media is just one of those things where it's kind of tiresome, you know, after a while. You've had, you know, everything from MySpace to Facebook, Twitter, you know, the list goes on and on and on. It seems almost like every week there's a different platform, you know, Instagram minds or you know it's like there's so many different places you can go to and socialize these days one of the good things about minds.com is it's open sourced and there's no censorship a lot of people have really got pissed off with I love censorship it, yeah. yep. you know it's free speech so fuck this political correct bullshit you know kind of tippy-toeing around with our speech and our opinions 
and just the freedom to say what we want and not necessarily yep. uh, being either thing. crucified or penalized <laughs> because of it. And also you're rewarded for the, your engagement. So if you upvote or remind content or post new content, you get booster points, which then you can use to turn around and help. You know, you use that in basically boosting your content or somebody else's content. Maybe you've got a friend who's got a great story out there that you'd like to help pick up more exposure. That's uh, one way of doing it for sure. So, hey, but uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about here, and, you know, geez, look at the time. It's just crazy the way things are flying by here. I've got a couple rapid-fire uh, talking points here. Comic-Con, Stan Lee, and speaking of health and aging and so forth, Steve Ditko recently passed away, thinking you might have a few yes. thoughts on that. You, of course, we haven't got into it at all here, really, but you are a big kind of pop culture aficionado. We wanted to talk a little bit about Star Wars. I don't know if you've got the energy or interest or not. We do have an after show, as you may be aware. It's the Rogues Gallery after show that runs typically for an hour. So that's, if you do stick around, that's maybe how we might end up having to do things this week. But also, Crystal Storm, I guess, who I'm not sure if the two of you have more or less parted ways, if you're still on amicable terms or not. Last I heard, though, I think it was from you, maybe somebody else, but that she was setting off to launch her own network of sorts. Crystal is going to be a friend for life. I love her. She's an amazing person. And, you know, she's doing her thing, and I support her 100%, you know, and whatever she decides to do. She's always welcomed on PSN. She was actually one of the first hosts to jump on the network years and years ago, and she's been very much a friend ever since. You know, she's doing her own thing. Again, and, uh, you know, she's a great person. And if you guys haven't seen her show, Women in Hoodies, it's a, a lot of fun. It's a really funny show. Check her out. Uh, it's YouTube-related more now, which is cool because she has a, a great face for radio and an excellent face for YouTube. She really does. She's a, you know, beautiful girl. And uh, she was a member of Skywatchers Radio for a long while, and she actually uh, went out to uh, the MUFON convention with me and, uh, my then co-host who's now the main host on Skywatchers Radio, uh, Alan Weiler. You know, it was me, Alan, and her, and we, we had a lot of fun out of MUFON a couple of years ago. You know, I missed uh, interacting with her as, as much as possible, but, you know, I check her show out every once in a while, and then she's doing great. She really is. Uh, I got no beef with anybody, man. I'm, I'm a very friendly human being, and it's, I try to be. Uh, even though the world is a little bit of a cruel planet, you know, it could be a little strange of the world sometimes you know people are out there as it tends to push your buttons and kind of mess with you and, and add you into arguing and whatnot but i tried to live my life as uh, stan lee would say you know by the excelsior you know just do every day like it's uh, the best day of your life until like just be positive man and shout out to mr stan lee he's not in the greatest of health sadly enough he is one of my heroes in life i'm a huge marvel fan DC fan, uh, and uh, he is literally a god in the comic book industry, so uh, I'm going to say that he's going through his health issues, and we recently lost on uh, the 29th of June here, Steve Ditko, who was one of the co-creators of Spider-Man with, uh, with Stan, and uh, another amazing person, yeah, another amazing hum human being, and, you know, but these folks are, you know, up there in age, so Sadly enough, this is, you know, what we are. We are human beings, and we do pass away, and 
when one leaves, we really reflect on who they were. And I think you know, Steve Ditko, for a long time, didn't get the respect he deserved as a co-creator of Spider-Man. And uh, the last few years, finally, he's been getting that respect. And it's a beautiful thing to see folks honoring him and the way they have since he died. You know, he was a great artist, and uh, his work is legendary. And it will always be the first to marvel at, get it marvel at. And these are two guys that come to Earth to change perspective on things. And while you, you say, well, they just created a couple of comic books, but think about how different the planet would be if we didn't have the Marvel Universe, if we didn't have Spider-Man. You, you say, hey, they're just a bunch of characters, but they mean so much to society because they reflect on us the best and the worst that we have to offer to humanity in a lot of ways, and it kind of mirrors us to look at ourselves. And, uh, you know, when I look at the films or I read the comics, I picked up on a lot of them when I was a kid. And I was always one of these kids where I grew up in a really bad neighborhood, but I had my head buried in comics and books and novels, and I loved to read as a kid, and I was always, you know, kind of into these things, and uh, that really helped in a positive way. So you would say, yeah, comics are kind of dumb, but at the same time, they're really not. It helps, you know, distract you from a lot of the nastiness that is going on in life, which is something that a lot of folks don't really see right up front. Well, there is a great benefit to comics, and hopefully it's a medium that never goes away. I'm one of these guys that love streaming comics, but I love having the hard comic in my hands and the actual novels, the actual books. So I still buy a lot of them and read them, and that's the kid in me. I'll never give that stuff up. And hopefully Stan Lee is around for a long time. Sadly enough, though, he is getting up there in age. You know, he's getting to the point where they start to leave us. Jeff, you know, that's not good. 95 years old, and, you know, the last video footage that I saw of him, he actually was at what appeared to be a convention or some public appearance of some sort, and he looked quite feeble. In fact, having his assistant having to take him by the hand and actually literally Mm -hmm. move his hand over so he could sign the book, he looked like he was quite possibly drugged or doped up. And I don't know if he's feeling too well as of late, not just from a physical standpoint, but also spiritually. His wife left him just a year or so ago, I guess. He's been severely targeted, though, it seems like, too, with all these vultures around him that uh, are, you know, it's quite malicious and sad the way that some people are, these predators, um, not just necessarily of the sexual sort, but these types are strictly out for, it looks like, financial gain and interest. So there's been some recent court hearings and deliberations, and I don't know if you followed them that closely or not. Have you been keeping an eye on things on that front? Yeah, I mean, I've read of uh, some of the allegations that have come out. I don't believe any of that stuff. I don't think Stanley is, uh, you know, trying to uh, pinch a nurse's behind. Uh, look, he's he's an old man. He's not doing well health-wise. I got to see him once in person, and I didn't, I didn't get to shake his hand or interact with him in any way, but he was like late 80s, early 90s when I got to him, and he's, what, 95 now? After losing his wife, I mean, that is tragic. That's his life partner, and I'm pretty sure that has taken its toll on itself. Losing somebody who's been with you, you know, for as long as they have been together, I'm sure it affects them greatly. So, you know, that's another thing we have to look at. And a lot of times, Jeffy, I'm pretty sure you're aware of this, 
when somebody at his age loses their wife or the major uh, person they, they spend most time with in their life, uh, they pass away. Normally, they don't last very long. So, you know, his health deteriorating the way it has doesn't shock me. It's overall something that I guess I don't believe. Some of these allegations that are coming out, I think, like you said, these are, these are vultures that are circling uh, Stan at the moment, just trying to pick away at his legacy for monetary reasons. I think they just want to get paid. That's all it is. And uh, it's a sad statement on society today where a living legend like Stan Lee can't transition to the other side or, you know, live out the rest of his life and enjoy, you know, whatever time he has left without all that nonsense going on around them. You know, it's, it's a sad uh, statement of the way you know, we live our lives here on this little planet. But, you know, more power to him for whatever time he has left. You know, the fact somebody has to, like, write his name down uh, as a signature or whatever doesn't shock me because at the end of the day, Stan Lee wanted to be there, believe it or not. He loves those conventions. He loves going out and meeting the other uh, public. Even if he's not fully conscious of what's going on, Believe me, he wants to be there, and he's happy it's going down like that because he lives for that kind of stuff. He loves the interaction with the fans, and, uh, you know, you can see that the glimmer in his eye whenever you see him speak on video and, and whatnot. There's always that passion just uh, to interact with folks in a positive manner. I mean, I know folks who, who know Stan, who've met him, who are friends of his, and they all swear about how you know, nice of a man he's been through all the years. Uh, now that we have skeletons in our closet, yeah, we all have, you know, things we've done or said, which might not uh, paint us in a perfect picture, because nobody's a saint at the end of the day. And I'm sure he's got some skeletons in his closet. But you know what? He's at a certain age where I said we need to just leave him alone and just uh, help him as far as, you know, we can if we're around him. And for these vultures, I kind of hope they just disappear and let the man just, you know, live the rest of his life in peace and love and hopefully the community that is the Marvel and comic book community really continues to embrace Stan and I hope nothing negative happens out of that whole thing. It's stupid. It's stupid the way that now all of a sudden any little thing can be blown up into a major thing where you lose everything in life. And uh, you know, it could be a tweet, uh it could be a Facebook post. God knows I'm never gonna run for politics. So I have no uh, fear of anybody finding anything that I've tweeted out. But I've tweeted out some nasty things over the years. And I'm not, you know, 100% proud of everything I tweet. But I also don't care. Whatever I tweet, I tweet. It's whatever random stuff comes to mind. But look at Roseanne Barr, for example. She made a stupid tweet, lost everything, you know, over a dumb tweet. Mind you, it was a tweet taken out of context or whatever. She says she was on uh, medication, whatever the excuse is. It was, know, it, was, it was a joke. It was a joke. I mean, you can't, anytime you make a joke, some people are not going to like it. Right. No. Not only it's a joke. She's a comedian. What do you expect from a comedian? I think she pussied joke? out. She pussied out. I'm really disappointed with her the way that she should have stood her ground. And yeah, they had, I guess it was Disney or something like that, had every I, a right to fire her, I suppose. She still had right. the First Amendment rights. But uh, I suppose she could have sued as well, too. You know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe I'm not sure... She looked into that option, but at the same time, I guess from what I heard, she signed the contract. Because of her track record, that was one of the provisions, I guess, that she would kind of behave herself and uh, not make a you know public spectacle 
as she has so quite notoriously over the years from the crotch-grabbing incident, spitting the national anthem back in the day, and so on and so forth. For the most part, I kind of like her. Not a big fan of her politics, as far as uh, a few things are concerned, number of issues, Israel and the like. But, you know, that aside, I can appreciate her as an artist. That's that's not a problem. I think she's very talented. And uh, I do appreciate the way she has spoken out on MK Ultra. I think that's yep. great. But, you know, you take the good with the bad. And uh, I, I support her. But at the same time, I think she, once again, she uh, she pussied out. And uh, that that's just not the way of doing things in this day and age. But hey, let's we got to keep things moving along here without getting too bogged sure, down sure. in the in the minutia. Harlan Ellison took a dirt nap earlier this month. Uh, Joe Amanon has texted here, basically in the YouTube chat area. He was sad to hear about that. I guess his girlfriend, I'm not sure if it's a wife exactly, Carla, is listening to this week's show. The two of them have been longtime supporters of the pirate radio podcast project essentially we don't like to refer to the people that uh, drop in and uh, make up the crew essentially as followers because we feel that gets a little on the kind of cultish side we like to come up with something there's got to be some special way of referring to the people that do tune in and want to engage us here on a week-to-week basis listeners out there do your best to try to come up with a name uh, i dubbed the something or another so uh you know so much of what we've developed to this point has emerged organically as leo ashcraft you know for all his kookiness and uh you know just his hot tempered I guess, personality, that he did have a Mm -hmm. few things to offer. And that was one of the insights that he uh, shared back in the day, was that rather than forcing things, let them, as far as a creative end, uh, just emerge organically. And and they will. So we've had a lot of that kind of stuff, including the name for the network, WPRPN, World Pirate Radio Podcast Network. For some people, they scratch their heads and some people complain or, you know, they trip over their tongue or they can't remember it exactly. It's, 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 I find it hilarious the way they, it's like your fucking homework, people. Okay. <laughs> We're, you know, it's your homework. It's your pirate homework. But anyways, Harlan Ellison. Yeah. That's, uh, another kind of big name in the world of, uh, popular literature and the like. He actually, I'm not sure if you know this or not, but, uh, I always get these two episodes confused. It's not where no man has gone before. What was that original no, no, start? City on the Edge, on the edge of forever. forever. There we go. Yes. Thank you very much. Free uh, Cosmos, a.k.a. Tom yep. Shutter. I'm sure he's up to speed on that little piece of trivia, as is Joe Eminon out of Long Island, New York there. You know, now that we've got him actually in our sights, why don't we talk a little bit about the John Ford case? I'm not sure. I know that we asked you about it last time around. It's been a couple of years. Did you manage to kind of check out the shows that we'd archived or do any legwork there at all to kind of get a little clearer on things? I'm not sure. Maybe putting you a little on the spot here, but... Totally putting me on the spot there, my friend. Give me a couple more years and we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll do another show on John Ford. Guaranteed. Oh, jeez. I'll send you the link. i got to remember to do that, because I guess you're sounds like not going to do it on your own, but it's worth checking out. It really is, and it's a really great story, something that Bill Burns obviously covered. I think you might have, I'm not sure, maybe you missed out on that show, but uh, we have in the house here, actually, 
Pirate Joe Eminon is John's power of attorney, and there's been some recent developments on that front where he actually looks like now may be getting his habeas corpus, his time in court, his rights uh, recognized and upheld finally after being locked up in an insane asylum for the past 20 plus years. We'll set that to the side, though. No worries, and just kind of, you know, keep things moving along here as best. At this point, though, do you really, really want to let him loose on society, though? After spending 20 years in a crazy house? He didn't, well, he, uh, he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, but he's been all. in a crazy house for 20 years. Well, do you, you know, want to set people that locked up in jail loose out after 20 years? Did they, anyone, I mean, that's the whole point. You do your time, you pay your debt to society. Here's the thing, with the psychiatric industry, they think you, they can actually fix you by removing what are essentially nothing more than labels in all too many cases. They've got a label for everything. That's all it is, it seems, if you look into it with the diagnostic statistical manual. I think they're up to like number four now. It's a huge growth industry that every time they publish a new book, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what Freud, I guess, talked about. I've been working on trying to track this down. But his whole scheme right from the get-go, his plan was to basically come up with these so-called mental illnesses and neuroses, you know, for every little single thing that we did, every facet and part of human society and what it means to be human. That's their game plan. It's incredible the way that they've got things uh, laid out. And the cash cow industry, too, the drugging, forced state drugging, big issue. I wasn't planning on, on really kind of engaging you on this front, but it's just something that's an adjunct of sorts, I suppose. Uh, something that I know is kind of near and dear to the hearts of a few of our regular listeners. Shout out to Johnny Webb. Having dropped in here right at the tail end of this week's stream. Definitely. Definitely. see uh, him. It's kind of tough, of course. Uh, what is it out there? Well, in England, it's got to be... I'm always bad with these times. But I don't know. Was it <laughs> 2 in the morning or 3 in the morning? 4? I, I have no like idea. Yeah, Anyways... Like uh, let's see what else we have on the list of talking points here. Well, one, thing, one thing I wanted to actually sure. uh, address, uh, and, and this is somebody who just recently passed away and uh, shocked, uh, I think, the entire uh, community of uh, fanboys, uh, like myself. You know, you brought up Star Wars and the geek culture that I am part of. We recently lost one of our members that is uh, was a big voice to geek them and defend them, uh, Mr. John Schnepp passed away recently. I don't know if you're familiar with his work at all. And If you're not, please look up John Schnepp on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Google his name, John Schnepp. Uh, he was the director of the film Superman, What Happened? And uh, this is a documentary uh, that takes place uh, over the uh, course of the late 90s, early 2000s. He looked back at a project of the movie Superman where Warner Brothers was what was actually allowing Tim Burton to direct. I don't know if you're familiar with this uh, little project, where Tim Burton was directing a Superman movie, and Nicolas Cage was going to play Superman in this film. And uh, the project went to pre-production. They had tests of the suit, all kinds of stuff. And then Warner Brothers kind of like, I guess, they must have been on some crazy, mind-bending drug binge uh, when they allowed this to you know be greenlit. Uh, but somebody came to their senses and uh, stopped the project and made the pre-production. And thank God they did. If not, we would have had Nicolas Cage as Superman in the early 2000s. Think about that for a second. Just think about that. 
Oh, you're saying this is after the initial Christopher Reeve. I, what did he do? Two or three Superman? Shows? He did four movies, and then they kind of like stopped for a while, and they were going to bring the character back in a movie called Superman Lives with Nicolas Cage playing the part of Superman. Since at this point, Christopher Reeve unfortunately had his accident and he couldn't play the role anymore. And Nicolas Cage was going to step into the part and kind of bring back the character with Tim Burton directing a lot of people. And John Schnepp created an amazing documentary based on that project that never took off the ground, pun intended. You know, it was like an eye-opening uh, view into the world of filmmaking and, you know, how these things are, you know, shaped and molded by the studios and by the directors and, and how sometimes things work as things don't work how projects come together and then fall apart. John did a beautiful job in showing us little glimpses of what was going on in that project. And uh, he was on Collider for a long time also as a contributor on uh, Collider on YouTube. And a great guy, really fascinating human being to listen to and watch. And uh, he left us a few days ago. And uh, rest in peace, man. Fandom will never be the same, you know, as we lose, you know, people like that who, bring you know, their heart and soul to these projects and do it for the love of the characters and, and the love of, you know, their their own culture, which is the community we're a part of as well, which is the comic book, movie, you know, fan community, and uh, he's going to be forever loved and missed, so shout out to John Schnepp and uh, his family, and again, look him up on uh, on YouTube, GoFundMe, there's a GoFundMe page, if you guys want to help out his family, uh, look up John Schnepp, and uh, Check out uh, his uh, page on there. Please contribute. It's uh, well, a sad, sad story. All things considered, uh, lost another good guy. The spelling of the surname being S-C-H-N-E-P-P? Correct. Schnepp. How about that? Yeah. The Death of Superman Lives is the title, I believe, uh, according to what Pirate Correct. Joe Eminon has provided us with here. Uh, we just added a link, actually to the YouTube chat, people can click onto that and it'll take them to the live listening page that we have in place now, courtesy of WPRPN.com. And a big thanks, of course, to the work of, I'm not sure who we should necessarily be crediting. I think it's probably Tommy Shutter is who will be wanting to salute and offer a tip of the pirate hat too so great work on that front but as far as the number of celebrities yes hugh hefner chuck berry i should have had more names than that frankly but there's been but hugh hefner and chuck berry uh, there's another guy there up in his 90s that was 92 there's this endless number and i mean hey the road only goes so far and uh then it's upward and onward folks uh we're all here to go is how William S. Burroughs actually famously put it. And I think that's a great way of looking at it. You know, it's often said, too, that the ultimate role of the philosopher, interestingly enough, is and warrior, too, I believe, preparation for death so that each and every waking moment, conscious moment, breath that we take, it's done with the awareness and mindfulness of the fact that the state that we currently find ourselves in is really quite impermanent and subject to endless change, 
Koreans have a great way of putting it. Sengro Pyong Sa, the four stages of life. Basically, Seng is the birth, Ro getting older, and growing, changing. Pyong, sickness, ailments, disease, discomfort, and so forth. And finally, Sa, death. Sengro Pyong. Uh, very Buddhist, and uh, people talk about, in fact, here in Korea, sometimes I ask people, I'm sure around the world it would be the same, uh, what are your thoughts on Buddhism? Are you, do you believe, uh, you know, Buddhism has anything, you know, truth to hmm. offer? And they say, oh, well, a lot of people, oh, it's all very too superstitious. And there is that end of things where you can go off into the realm of superstition, that's fine, some people oh, yeah. do it, the gods and goddesses and so forth. But uh, it's also very scientific from the standpoint to which I just laid out for people, the empirical standpoint of uh, birth, aging, disease, sickness, change, and ultimately death. There's no escape in it, folks. Uh, what did Jim Morrison say? Nobody here gets out alive. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I wish there's a few more names that would have come to mind. That uh, Stephen Hawking. Uh, I can't believe you missed Stephen yeah, Hawking. Sure, yeah, that's another one. In fact, uh, I mean, if our co-producer up there in the crow's nest could maybe do a quick little duck-duck-go search, if he hasn't fallen asleep, that is, or passed out as a result of the uh, excessive consumption of pirate grog that uh, some of our crew members <laughs> do tend to imbibe him imbibe in let's get that straight uh pronunciation wise always important to be able to to articulate and and uh not mumble or or stumble over the words we're trying to uh share with the listening audience yeah Drew, sorry about that the, well i'm speaking for myself <laughs> oh. <laughs> nobody nobody else uh Drew, are you still with us, or have you? I mean, the, the, so, you know, we had one guy here uh, that was actually up on the crow's nest, and I think we lost him. He fell right out and uh, was lost down in the. <laughs> I'll dark say this: join the chat because Jesus loved me. Uh, this I know because Republicans told me so. Funny enough, uh, uh, you know, Jesus uh, is uh, not only the most quoted prophet in the Quran. Uh, but there's also stories of him studying with the, the, the Dalai Lama the ways of the Buddha. And some of the early, uh, you know, writings of Jesus that deal with the afterlife are from teachings directly that deal with the Buddha and Buddhism. And the afterlife, the whole concept Christianity has ran with comes directly from Buddhism. So born again, born yeah. again, that, you know, people are so, it, it's like staring them right there in the face. And so many people just don't get it. Here's the thing. I take a very scientific approach. I mean, I think I do at least. Energy is neither created nor destroyed, but rather endlessly finds itself changing and transformed. That's like one right. of the laws of uh, conservation, I believe. Uh, thermodynamics, something along those lines. People can look it up easily enough. And then secondly, and I think this is actually all Newtonian physics, if I'm not mistaken. Mark my words. If I'm wrong, let me hear about it. Not a problem. Secondly, though, that for every action, there is a reaction of equal yet opposite effect. There's your karma, right. folks. That's the law yep. of motion. I believe yep. that's, that's Newton as well. So people can say, oh, you know, pusha, poppycock, or what have you, but uh, I think there's something to it, you know? Uh, yeah. And the fact is, people talk about, oh, geez, is there an afterlife? Well, what are we doing here in the first place? <laughs> you know, what's going on, man? You're always talking about the afterlife. Let's focus on what we got here and now. Isn't this something? That's what Confucius was all about, too, when he was actually approached by a student or just someone, a curious kind of a 
Chinese civilian or what have you, and he said that there was enough to worry about regarding the here and now than getting all hung up in what takes place when we die. So, uh, but I'm not sure if we lost Drew up there or not. It kind of looks like we did. We'll give him one more kind of shout out here and see if we can manage to connect. There. Ah, there we go. So yeah, how did that go? Did you manage to come up with a list of the number of celebrities uh, that passed away over this past? just year or so i know carrie fisher but that was a couple of years ago now it's amazing how time flies yeah no kidding rest in peace yeah i'm looking right now okay I'm trying just to pull it up basically just let us know when you uh, come up with something and uh we'll uh, take it from there but we really do need to shift the focus now to winding things down of course we did get off to a bit of a late start but i think that's been a pretty decent conversation we've managed to engage ourselves in i think Hopefully, uh, listeners got their money's worth, which is, of course, completely free, <laughs> uh, un- <laughs> unless you uh, pony up and decide to become one of our pirate tip jar supporters via either Patreon, PayPal, which is really kind of even better yet, or Minds.com. If you've enjoyed any of the shows that we put together here, over the past couple of years, folks found any of the guests or information engaging or informative, enlightening, perhaps helpful in any way. You know, we'd most appreciate you showing your love and support by, you know, just a dollar or two, really, via, once again, one of those various means, the pirate tip jar, half of everything we managed to generate goes directly to charity that's the robin hood mandate people so uh and if you can't do that don't forget there's always the option of simply liking sharing or reminding the content the links to our shows or what have you anything you can find related to the network even just the main wprpn.com web link get that out there in your social media feed and and landscape various connections you've got out there and we'll see where it all leads to you yourself of course have uh, once again uh, the project you've helped to uh, well really I think you've done it's a one man show more or less don't know if you've got any help from too many other people out there but PSN hyphen radio but yeah, I call it it's PSN radio dot com people can find it easily enough you just type that into the search engine it comes up in a flash yep. there. So we really, I think, should set up a link exchange of some sort. Don't you think it's maybe about time? Uh, I thought we had something with you. And in fact, if you look into the archives on our website, you can probably find it. But with this recent overhaul that Tommy Shutter has uh, helped bring about, we've got to really kind of take a look at reorganizing things and getting everything laid out in a more kind of I guess, uh, orderly, chronological fashion. But, yeah, one of the things we could think about doing, I suppose, is getting a banner link exchange or something set up there. Anything that just comes to mind, just right off the top of your head. Pretty sure I got you linked up on some of my uh, pages. I mean, I have so many websites. Just drop me a banner and we'll we'll put it on there. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'd love to, you know, help promote you guys. Uh, in fact, if you don't mind, I have a Patreon account, which I just put together and put it online recently, if you don't mind me uh, plugging that. You can plug any website you want, Angel. That's why we put this platform together. Is Every week we have a guest that we feature, put in the spotlight, and really 
try to just promote you, basically. So let's hear it. It's very simple. Just find Patreon.com. Look up Patreon.com forward slash Angel Espino, my name, and uh, you'll see my account right there. And uh, hopefully that you know it helps uh, you know bring in a little revenue, helps you know the situation to where I could uh, dedicate more time to a lot of this stuff uh, and research and uh, not have to worry about paying my bills with my regular nine to five as much as uh, I do. Yeah, it's funny because I have also a um, PayPal account and we have donations through there and stuff, but everybody keeps telling me, oh, Patreon, Patreon. That's where you got to go. And so we set that up. Again, patreon.com forward slash Angel Espino. Very simple to find. And our main website, yes, again, it is uh, www.psn, I guess, hyphen or dash radio.com, however you want to uh, you know, you know, say it. But it's uh, psnradio.com, public service network radio. That's what PSN stands for. Why do we call it public service network? Because we're all about the public, man. We're all about you, the listeners. Whatever you guys want to hear, you tell us, you know, this is the kind of content we want, and that's the kind of content we're going to give you. And uh, whether it's, uh, you know, fast-paced, you know, uh, news, up-to-date reports on things that are happening around the world, you know, we have shows that cover everything from hard-hitting news, uh, political, you know, stuff in the, in the world of ufology, stuff in the fandom universe, like comic books and movies, entertainment. We strive to kind of cater to a little bit of everything. And uh, hopefully the network keeps picking up and, and it keeps growing uh, over the years and one thing I definitely want to do, though, as I do get older and I do, uh, you know, kind of transition into more of a behind-the-scenes type of guy is really build the network up and not so much be on, on air talent, uh, but to be able to, like, you know, make the network run a little bit smoother. Because it's not easy, though, to have your own shows plus run a network and do all the little things that, you know, you have to do for, to feed both to make sure that both are prosperous. And uh, I don't only do one show, as you know, I do multiple shows where I was either the talent on air or I was producing or was this or that. And I'm trying to cut that down, but the network is uh, something that we're definitely going to keep pushing. So if you guys want to help us out with the Patreon account, join us on PSN Radio. I'd love to get a banner exchange going with Jaffe here. I mean, that's uh, definitely something that we do. We should have done that years ago, to be honest. Uh, we're slipping. Well, we've been having no, no, no. Don't worry about it. We've been having enough trouble here just getting our act together. So once again, thanks to the work and effort and expertise, really, of Tommy Shutter stepping in to the picture there and up to the plate, really helping to upgrade things. And uh, you know, that's the sort of energy that we that we need basically to just better up our game and get things more clearly mapped out. So now it puts us more in a position where we can more easily set banner link exchanges up along with everything else that we have cool. in place already with the content and so forth. People just as they navigate WPRPN.com and find uh, all kinds of great stuff there. So, but hey, it's been a really great time. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to stick around for the after show or not, but that's always a lot of fun. I think hopefully we've got a few people here via the chat, of course, more than willing to uh, be a part of things. In the meantime, though, it sounds like we've got a special... Who is this? Okay, this is, yeah, kind of who we thought it might be. We weren't too sure there at first, but uh, he doesn't often make his presence known. Back, though, just to talk to you 
in particular, Angel. Uh-oh. Captain Sinclair. Yeah, we gotta know. He's connected? He's connected right there. Hi, uh, Jaffe. Captain St. Clair here. Long John St. Clair. It's been a while, but I'm just out strolling along the bluff here, Dead Man's Bluff, looking out over Mystic Bay. Rather windy here this evening, and thought that I'd try to reach out to Angel. It's been a while. Welcome back to the Robin Hood, Angel. How you doing, my friend? You sound awful like a, like right now. I've heard the comparison to Doctor <laughs> Who, some sort of robot from Doctor Who. I have no idea what this is. Thomas Sheridan once made that comparison. Uh, I had no idea whatsoever. I guess I exterminate, exterminate. Well, we could exterminate, but more we'll focus here on setting aloft out down the high digital seas, plundering from time to time, social networking, fine but also in true pirate fashion, seeking out our fortune via the high digital seas. And, well, choose your enemies carefully, as the expression goes, doing our best to make friends with whoever we can, but careful in crossing swords sometimes. You find yourself coming up against a very powerful opponent, and maybe not such yes. a great idea. But there's all sorts of wonderful things. In fact, I'm heading down now into the uh, harbor, Skullport Harbor, and going to fill my flagon full of grog with the rest of the crew here, hoping you'll do the Whoa. same. Feel no obligation, though. It's strictly uh, optional. Well, th- yeah, you don't want to put him on the spot there now, Captain. That wasn't putting him on the spot. That was just an invitation. Well, yeah, we kind of did the same. We don't. He's got, like, a thyroid issue. That's not really the easiest thing to deal with. Certainly yeah, sadly, gentlemen, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, probably bow out a few minutes here. Uh, it's really wonderful that you did drop in, and that's why I wanted to reach out to you to extend a word of thanks. Uh, really a yeoman's service, going that extra mile to appear here this week and be a part of the show with Jaffe, Drew, all the listeners here. And the Pirate Radio Podcast weekly feature presentation. All the best, Angel. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, uh, so it sounds like, yeah, unfortunately, he will not be able to make the after show. But we do have a few of the folks out there in the YouTube area who will hopefully be able to engage us as we typically do here. The premium content we put together for our Patreon supporters, first and foremost. Listen to that wind howl. Drew, uh, just any closing comments then? Thoughts on today's show? It's been a great show. I've enjoyed the conversation. I've enjoyed the conversation with the chat, as always. It's always fun interacting with the chat. It's one of my favorite things to do. But, Captain, I think we forgot something. Yeah, go ahead. The captain actually is... I think he's gone. You can tell me and I'll pass uh, it on to him. I think we forgot the pirate story. Well, no, actually, I'm not sure if Angel's still there or not, but uh, I think the first, the first time around, Angel, did you... You shared a pirate story with us, did you not? Um, I did. I think it, was, it came from um, Comic-Con a few years ago where, uh, where I was at one of the conventions and one of my buddies... Uh, brings over a whole pirate crew that were uh, promoting a, a pirate, I believe it was a show they did out from city to city. 
And uh, I have a little connection when it comes to like the whole pirate thing myself uh, with a few of my buddies that are really into it. And it's funny, you know, I've loved pirate movies as a kid and whatnot, but I don't have any recent pirate stories, sadly enough. Well, I think that's probably uh, good enough, really. Uh, that should suffice. <laughs> uh, that, uh, it is a part of the ship's articles and what the captain does require of guests, that they bring some sort of as uh, Drew has reminded us here, good on you there, uh, <laughs> Drew, managing to, uh, yeah, that's something that we often, you wouldn't believe the number of times we overlook that little detail, as it were. But yeah, you've got to show your pirate credentials uh, each and every week, whichever guest you are, and you've uh, done a great job there. Uh, just even showing up here with that thyroid condition, I know it can't be easy, So, but uh, I think we've pretty much run the gamut here and shared all the links hopefully, that we can possibly manage. Yeah. PSN Radio, you can find it anywhere, it. really on yeah. social media, not a problem. So, um, well, thank you then. Once again, Angel, I guess we'll queue up the outro here. Don't forget, great August schedule coming up here. This is the end of what we have to share with people via the July portion of things. So be sure to tune in. And join us here in August. We've got a lot of work to do with the schedule here. And we're going to continue, of course, let's not forget, with the midweek World Pirate Radio news stream. Drew, hopefully, going to continue engaging us on that front, helping to make the stream sail along quite smoothly. Hopefully, haven't overlooked too much here. But we're going to head on out and maybe find ourselves... Well, Drew, where is it? The, the Howling Wolf in the Scurvy Dog or the Mossy Wench? I'm not sure which one of those best suits your your appetite at the moment. Uh, what do you What do you reckon? I'm a particular fan of the Howling Dog. <laughs> the Howling Dog, Howling Wolf. It all works, I guess. It's all good. So, hey, thanks, everybody. Up to 12, 13 people have joined us this week. In the live YouTube chat, of course, Angel Espino, great performance and uh, conversation on his end of things, really managing to come through there. We're off to a bit of a late start, but thankfully, we managed to put together a pretty decent stream. So, until we meet again out on the high digital seas, on behalf of Captain Long John Sinclair... Myself, Drew Lima, and all the rest of the crew here on the Robin Hood. I'm your ship's chief communications officer, Jaffe Ryder. Tally ho. I know. There we be. Having carefully looked over each of our navigation panel instruments, checking every level, switch, dial, cable, knob, and pulley, by all accounts and indications, we indeed see it's time once again to drop anchor inside Mystic Bay and draw an end to another week of Pirate Radio Podcasts. Remember, if you're looking for a little more lively online action, keep in mind we've likely got yet another great free-flowing rogues gallery after show coming up for the next hour in either Skype Google Hangouts or Peer.im. Also, 
If you've in any way enjoyed or found yourself benefiting from the shows we've tirelessly produced over the past two years, you might want to drop by our Patreon tip jar page and lend a little support. Half of all network donations go directly to charity. Help to keep those numbers growing over on Patreon, and we'll be able to extend even more of a generous pirate hand. Looking forward now to the balance of 2018, we're still not quite yet booked. So if you yourself have a new, novel, intriguing, or otherwise underreported idea, unique individual, or pressing item in mind, be sure to either drop us a line directly over on WPRPN.com or fire us a quick email via PirateOneRadio at gmail.com. We're always open to exploring fresh creative suggestions, intriguing guest ideas, cutting-edge discussion topics, and captivating themes. You can further embark on your own personal pirate journey by either liking, commenting on, subscribing to, or just following us via virtually any mainstream social media platform, including Twitter, Facebook, Google+, or Minds.com. So don't forget to become engaged. Until we meet again out on the high digital seas, I'm your host as always, the ship's chief communications officer, Jaffe Ryder. Tally ho.